American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Maybe the biggest merchant bank in the early 19th century was Baring Brothers of London. And Baring Brothers makes a great case study because what it teaches us is that many of our assumptions about what capitalism is and how it began are incorrect, or at the very least incomplete. Because Baring Brothers played a very important role in the development of early American capitalism, and yet it doesn't fit our stereotypes about what capitalism is and what it's all about. For instance, we think of capitalism as a situation in which many small companies are competing together in an open market, and Baring Brothers was very big. And what it tried to create was closed markets that it could easily dominate. We also think that capitalists don't want the intervention of governments and markets, but in fact, Baring Brothers repeatedly sought not only to get governments to intervene in markets, but to profit from that intervention. And finally, we think of capitalist companies as entities that make things and sell them to consumers, who then use them. But Baring Brothers didn't make anything physical at all. If they made anything, it was money. But even that money was in the form of credit and debt, which is, of course, invisible. And yet, all of these phenomena were very important to the development of early American capitalism. So let's talk a bit about the actual history of Baring Brothers, and we'll see exactly how that worked. I use the phrase merchant bank, and you're probably wondering what that actually means. But probably the best way for me to explain it is to tell you a bit of the story of the Barings themselves. Now, one of the ironies of this firm, which becomes one of the great institutions of the British financial economy, is that by origin, they're not actually British at all. They start off as a German family. The first of the Barings, Johann Baring, moves from northwestern Germany to southeastern England in the early 1700s. And he starts a wool manufacturing firm there. This company is so successful that by the 1750s and 1760s, his sons have started to get involved in financing long-distance trade, especially the kinds of commodities that are being traded around Western Europe and throughout the British Empire, commodities like sugar and tea, tobacco, and slaves as well. And what the Barings figure out is that it is more profitable in the long run for them to invest in other merchants, to become bankers to those merchants who themselves take most of the risk in, that's necessary and, and inherently part of these long-distance trades. By the 1780s and 1790s, the next generation of the Barings has become extremely wealthy and extremely powerful. They're at the center of a set of long and deep networks that tie them to the Quaker merchants of Philadelphia, the Puritan merchants of New England, to trading networks that reach into Turkey, West Africa, and soon enough into the Mississippi Valley. So what's important to this whole process is to understand that by the late 18th century, the British financial sector has become the wealthiest and most powerful in the whole world. There are a lot of rich people in England, and they've got a lot of money that they want to find a profitable home for. You could call this a sort of global savings glut that's localized around London. Many of these people invest their money through the bearings and all kinds of endeavors. And we'll talk in just a second about what some of those were. So we called the bearings merchant bankers, but another way to look at them, another term to use for them is entrepreneurs. And the word entrepreneur is a term that we use frequently when we talk about capitalism. And it's a term that we use frequently in this course. 
but the word can have multiple meanings, and in fact, in a way, it has multiple origins. But its origin in the English language, historically, specifically, is that it was initially borrowed from French, and it was applied to English contractors who were working closely with the British government, supporting its operations throughout the empire or in its uh, wars on the European continent itself in the early 18th century. So they get money from the British government in order to carry out an important function supporting the army. So from its beginning, this term entrepreneur has been connected in some interesting ways with the government itself. And what we see in the history of the Barings is that they too were heavily involved with the government in their business operations. And not just the British government, but with the American government, or I should say American governments, because they were uh, closely linked to both the federal government and to state governments. So let's talk about some of the specific relationships that the Barings were able to build and some of the specific deals that they were able to carry out with the American federal and state governments. And when we talk about them, you'll see how important the Barings were in serving as this kind of pipeline of credit into the early 19th century American economy. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Mm-hmm.